What's good? What's good, people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. How are you? I hope that y'all are seriously taking moments throughout the day to maintain your peace, health, and wellness. Listen, sometimes you need five seconds, five minutes, or five days to get your mind to a better place, and it's okay. Anywho, today's topic is one of my favorite things to talk about. What does it mean to own your voice and speak up for yourself? And so I also want to talk about how do you minimize or move past caring about what people think about what you have to say or what you have to contribute. And then I'm going to share a few communication techniques to help you introduce your ideas, opinions, or perspectives. You know, this may be a two-part series. I don't know. Because I'd also like to make sure when you are speaking up, you are prepared to defend your ideas, perspectives, or opinions about things that matter. I want you to be prepared to have that deeper level, deeper level of conversation that helps you connect the dots for people or build on um, a challenge or your proposed solutions that you're offering. You know, everybody talks about getting a seat at the table, but are you prepared to speak up for yourself when you get there? Are you prepared to defend your ideas and speak confidently, clearly, and persuasively about your needs as well as the needs of others? Are you prepared to be misunderstood? And even if you want to build your own table, you have to clearly, confidently, and persuasively communicate your message about where you stand or what you need to inspire people to take action. Your voice doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to have purpose. But, you know, beyond using your voice to get people to take action or um, consider a different perspective, using your voice is also about teaching people how to treat you. Whether you are sharing your thoughts about a process that's overcomplicated, you know, in your workplace or you speak or you're speaking up about social injustice in the community, using your voice moves you from a contributor to a leader. One of the lessons that's taken me the longest to learn is it's just not enough to show up and work hard. There are going to be moments when you have to take a stand, when you have to pick a side, when you have to advocate for yourself or advocate for others. This is what truly positions you as a leader. It's not only about getting the work done. And on top of everything else, I've learned, particularly now, that speaking up is an act of self-care. You know, we, we, we've overcomplicated this self-care talk, including myself, right? We, we think about self-care as, you know, a break from social media or getting a haircut or getting your nails done. And sometimes the best way to exercise or the simplest way to exercise self-care every day is speaking up for yourself. It's using your voice. It's owning your story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's also an act of self-care. And, you know, in a world of the busy world, the noisy world of social media, nowadays using your voice is another way to build a meaningful network online. Or even build, like if you wanted to kind of build your own tribe of 
you know, like-minded individuals, you know, people who you share common values or belief systems, right? It's even for me talking about just not fitting in in corporate America, talking about uh, my struggles with feeling like I did everything I was supposed to do in terms of my parents telling me to go to school, get a good job, good benefits, and all those sorts of things, and I was still unhappy. Talking about those things has also helped me, you know, land writing positions and speaking engagements and conduct workshops and things of that sort. So it's also an opportunity when you use your voice to attract everyone from hiring managers to conference organizers, if that's what you're looking to get into. So for me, uh, Twitter and, and Instagram, just being vocal about or identifying things that not only that I'm passionate about, but things that I would like to see changed or things that people are overlooking or underestimating has been a great way for me to build my network. So I want you to consider that. So here's the thing. People always ask how do I find my voice? Plot twist. The whole thing with finding your voice is a bit misleading because you have to share your voice before you find your voice. You have to take action via joining a conversation or starting a conversation that matters. And as you put yourself out there, you'll develop a stronger sense of how you want to show up in the world and what you want to take a stand against or for. You'll gain even more confidence in the position you want to take as it relates to that issue, but you have to actually put yourself out there and share your thoughts. And again, it's not going to be perfect. So finding your voice has a lot to do with being curious. Many people are sitting on the sidelines waiting to feel ready and find their voice before they speak up in a meeting or they write that article which talks about something that's being underestimated or a population that's being overlooked. It doesn't work that way. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a certain level of preparation that you can do to minimize the fear. But ultimately, your voice is cultivated through your actions and experiences. So you have to share (laughs) before you kind of find it. And it starts with that curiosity and courage to pursue things or speak up about issues that interest or concern you. You know, I think I said a few episodes back, I never expected to write or publish more than three articles about entrepreneurship and leadership and particularly, you know, focused on black women and their journey and how they were changing careers and how they were not only uh, making a difference, but they were also making a profit. I never expected to write more than three articles. And honestly, it came from a selfish place. I just wanted to grow my network online so I could get clients, right? But then I started to realize that there were other Black women who were looking for those stories, that representation of other Black women who changed careers and who were, you know, deciding that this is not the life I wanted to live. And they were not only you know, delving into entrepreneurship. They were also becoming change makers and activists and things of that sort. And so on top of the fact that I was frustrated because I didn't see many Black women entrepreneurs being, um, you know, promoted and 
getting the spotlight for the work that they were doing, I started to become even more passionate about covering and sharing more of those types of stories because I also realized there were women like me who, who needed to see that representation. So the question when it comes to using your voice, the question that you have to ask yourself is what really matters to you at the moment? What are you most passionate about? But listen, take note. Sometimes your passion isn't that warm and fuzzy feeling that makes you smile and jump out of bed in the morning. Sometimes your passion is that hot and bothered feeling that pisses you the off. Let it fuel you to create the space or more of what you want to see show up in the world. And, you know, let's face it, speaking up (laughs) is hard to do. There's so many layers to why we're not speaking up, but it's absolutely required to step into that next best version of yourself. I know that for most of us, we were conditioned in school, even by our parents, to ask for permission. That is something that is taught and it is something that we have to unlearn Because there are several times throughout your life when you just need to give yourself permission, have the audacity to say it unapologetically. You can be wrong and still be, that's another thing. You can be wrong and still be competent. You can screw up and make mistakes and still be competent or highly skilled at what you do and what you have to offer. Give yourself permission. Cut yourself some slack. This life, this life that we're in right now, Regardless of your goals right now, your mission is about stepping into the next best version of yourself. And with that, you have to understand that sometimes you're just not going to get it right all the time. And that's okay. Getting it right doesn't build character or strength. Getting it wrong and giving yourself permission to try again is the ultimate source of power that you could give yourself. And it comes with an incredible sense of freedom. Give yourself permission to speak up and for it not to be so perfect. And believe me, I get it. A lot of this is caring about what people think. It's a very real struggle that holds many of us back, including me. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's consider two things, right? So first off, I don't subscribe to the you can't care what people think talk. Because if you want to reach that next level of success, whatever that looks like for you, you have to care what certain people think of you. If you want to get promoted or get a new job, you have to care what that person, the hiring manager on the other side of that table, thinks about you. And at this time, you have to think, (laughs) you have to care about what they think about what you're posting on social media. You do. That's just the reality of it. If you want to maintain your relationships in your marriage um, or with your significant other or with your friends, you have to care what certain people think. If you're looking to build a community or a business, you have to care what members in your community thinks or what your clients or customers think. So I'd say you definitely have a group of people that you have to care about what they think. Now, (laughs) the flip side of this caring about what people think is... You have to understand each of us, each and every one of us, we have views, opinions, and judgments that are informed by our life experiences. So when you accept someone's criticism, you accept every single thing 
good, bad, or indifferent that's ever happened to that person. There are some people who are not going to like you because you remind them of their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, or even their mother or father that was toxic, or their ex-best friend. Their thoughts or judgment of you is a reflection of all of their life experiences. So you have to be mindful that when you accept someone's criticism of you, you are accepting every single thing that has happened to them because their experiences have informed their beliefs as well as their decisions in life. When you anticipate people's assumptions about you and allow these thoughts to stop you from sharing your voice or speaking up, you are giving them total control over your life. Do you want to give them total control over your happiness and wellness, that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Because a lot of the times we are stuck and caring about what a stranger has to say about our work. And even if they say something negative, nine times out of 10, you don't really know where that's coming from. Again, every single thing that's happened to them is going to inform their judgment of your work. Do you want to accept every single thing that has happened to them as true for your life? No. And you know, listen, let's keep it real. Do you like every single person you meet? I don't. It's unrealistic to think that everyone is going to like you or accept what you have to say. There are more than 7.5 billion. I Googled it, y'all. There are more. (laughs) than 7.5 billion people on this earth. Your mission in life is not to reach all people. Your mission in life is to reach the right people. Your message, your voice may fall on deaf ears and that's okay. Give yourself permission to be okay with people not liking you. Some people are not going to like you because you're taking action on your dreams. And it's touched a sore spot with them because they can't take action on their dreams for whatever reason. Again, there are so many variables to why someone may not like you or uh, like what you have to say. You really never know where someone's thoughts or judgments are coming from. So you got to let it go. You got to take that out of the equation. You can't be held responsible for everything that's happened to them and their life. And when you allow people's opinions or judgments to silence you, you are taking responsibility for the way they were raised. You are taking responsibility for the experiences that have informed their beliefs and judgments. Let it go. And listen, feedback is fuel for your level up. So I'm definitely not saying to not accept or prepare for constructive criticism. I'm saying to recognize the impact of your decision to not speak up and what that choice what that decision will, uh, how that decision will impact your life. Another thing, you have to give yourself permission to change your mind, people. A lot of the times we don't speak up because we think, well, what if I don't say the wrong thing or what if things change? Listen, change, changing your mind is a natural part of the human experience. Change is the natural order of life. Give yourself permission to change your mind. Okay, if you are a mom, dad or auntie or uncle and you're helping, let's say, a seven year old with their homework right now, chances are you probably looked at that math homework and said to yourself, this is not how we learned math when I was in school. Hello. 
methods and approaches change, party people. How things are right now, the way things are taught in schools right now is different than they were a gazillion years ago. Because I ain't telling y'all my age, okay? It's different than it was years ago, okay? So you got to be prepared for the change. It's okay for you to change your mind. Information changes. Resources change. It changes. Belief systems. It's okay to change your belief system. And I do understand also that, you know, sometimes we don't feel worthy. And my thing is, if you are breathing, you're worthy, period. (laughs) That's just it. One sentence. You're breathing, you're worthy. Having a voice also is not about being an expert. It's about communicating your thoughts, beliefs, your values. Uh, It's about speaking from your level of experience, And oftentimes we get so caught up in thinking about, oh, I'm not an expert. I don't have enough experience to kind of speak up. Speaking from your level of experience is all that matters. All you need to do is be two steps ahead of someone to teach them what you know. So when it comes to where to start, one of my favorite go-to quotes is preparation breeds confidence. And figure out what's important to you. So, and let's say, you know, in the workplace or even in your community, you want to identify the the situations that are um, occurring at work or in your community. And you feel that that need, that pull. Like for me, I kind of feel it like right in the middle of my chest. Like, Candia, you got to say something. Sometimes I give myself a little grace period. But for the most part, I often feel it. And I feel compelled to speak up about something because it's just sitting with me. So I wanted to give you a few questions to help you kind of figure out or at least um, identify, right, where you want to speak up. So some questions that I typically walk my clients through, one of my kind of go-to questions is, what's the biggest thing that frustrates you in your industry right now? How can you work to create the change that you want to see? What can you share to create that change? Who can you spotlight to create that change? Who or what is being overlooked or underestimated? What's being overcomplicated? What's a process that's overcomplicated and it frustrates the out of you? What decisions are being made with incomplete information, or maybe it's a total lie, I don't know. What do people need to do more of? What do they need to do less of and why? So when you think about also ways you can respond to these questions, I wanted to share a few communication techniques to help you speak up or at least start or join the conversation. So let's say you want to take a stand against something or speak up during a meeting at work. Typically, when we are speaking up, our goal is to educate, inform, or inspire change, or maybe even just a shift in perspective. So you can structure and organize your message in one of four ways by sharing your reasons options, 
summary or steps. So for instance, I'm going to walk you through this with several examples. So we may begin by stating the problem or explaining the situation, what's happening now. Then the second sentence, you may describe the challenge, a problem you're facing. And then your third sentence would go into your reasons, options, summary, or steps. So let's say you believe we need a more inclusive working environment at work. You would explain the situation, describe the challenge, but then you would go into the reasons why you believe you need a more inclusive working environment. You could start with, you know, the fact is studies show a key to innovation is innovation is inclusion. So first, our numbers show we're way behind in hiring women and minorities. Second, a diverse workforce, I don't know, leads to a boost in the bottom line. And third, it's just the right thing to do. So let's say we're looking at providing options. Again, you would state the problem or explain the situation. What's happening now? The second sentence may describe the challenge. But then you are not, you're giving options. You're describing maybe several different opportunities for people to explore. You're giving them the alternative options that are available. So you could say, you know, there are several ways we can look at solving this problem. So now when we look at summary, I want you to just think about a timeline, a timeline that's ultimately going to bring people to see that you have evidence that this works. So you are actually taking people through a time that elaborates on your initial position, message, or situation. And so in this formula, you're actually kind of like using dates or, or periods of time. So for instance, in 2012, I quit my job. In the first year, I learned X, Y, Z. The second year, however, I learned this. Today, here's what I know for sure. So ultimately you are providing a timeline which demonstrates where you started, what you found along the way, where you are now, and the facts of your findings. Lastly, when it comes to organizing, structuring, and delivering your message, you could consider steps. So again, you would explain the situation or the challenge and then offer your resolution in a series of action steps that needs to be taken to solve a particular problem. Another key to preparing to deliver your message, whether you're looking at reasons, options, summary, or steps, another key to preparation is considering the concerns, doubts, or objections someone may have about what you have to say. (laughs) So you want to be prepared. And for me, typically, I anticipate at least two to three uh, concerns or objections that someone may have. And if I'm speaking, let's say in a meeting or even on the phone, some of the um, questions that I may ask 
or things that I may say to kind of continue the conversation in the most positive way possible. (laughs) Uh, So I may say, well, what's your primary concern about the proposal? Or out of everything I just said, what makes you most uncomfortable? If I'm looking at someone and I see that they're a bit uncomfortable with what I'm speaking about, I may say, um, I, you know, I get the sense you might be uncomfortable with something. I want to make sure that you're comfortable moving forward. What part of my pitch makes you most uncomfortable? When it comes to disagreeing with someone, instead of saying you're wrong, I say, that's not my experience. That's not my experience. Another kind of canned statement for me is walk me through how you see things. So again, it's not only about preparing to speak up. It's also preparing for people to uh, need, you know, ask for clarity or even to disagree with what you have to say. The key thing, again, preparation breeds confidence. So be prepared for those moments. No feel do is another one of my favorite communication techniques. In a nutshell, it's what do you want people to know? How do you want them to feel? What are they feeling? And what do you want them to do? So I learned this technique while I was working as a communication and learning consultant for a management consulting firm. And so companies would hire Uh, consultants from this firm to help them get get the word out about a new service, a new initiative, or sometimes a new piece of technology or business application that they were rolling out uh, throughout the entire company. And so here's one thing that I'm sure we all can agree on. When it comes to change, Change comes with conflict and uncertainty. Change is uncomfortable for each and every one of us. So when you are trying to get buy-in, get acceptance, and get people on board to using, you know, a a product or using a service or um, even kind of getting a better understanding of the importance of this new initiative, it's very important that you not only communicate your message clearly and concisely, and that the message is consistent. It's also important that you tap into the emotions and feelings of your audience. It's also important that you understand that emotion sells. So you have to acknowledge those feelings and emotions that people may be going through at that specific moment. And so um, not only acknowledging your emotions of your audience, but also being clear and specific about what you want them to do with the information that you are presenting. And so whether you are speaking to a group of people or writing an email, keep the needs of your audience in mind. And no feel do is one of the techniques that I often use to kind of be very mindful about what the person may be feeling and how I want them to feel. So let's look at it this way. So recently, uh, Ben and Jerry's released a statement 
um, regarding the murder of George Floyd. And if I look at, you know, I've been lovingly stalking most messages that's come out over the last few weeks. And I have to give Ben and Jerry's, and I think the, the, the CEO of Lowe's, probably an A-plus for their messages, specifically when it comes to no-feel-do. So when you think about no, you can ask yourself these questions. What are the top one to three things you want your audience to know? You want to describe, specifically describe the circumstance that led you to, you know, write this email or speak to them today. Where do you stand? What's your position? And you have to be specific about that. So when I think about Ben and Jerry's message here, I mean, even the title of the message is silence is not an option. (laughs) And the very first sentence they go into All of us at Ben and Jerry's are outraged about the murder of another black person. And so, no, thinking about those questions, they are very specific in where where they stand. And even when we think about feeling, they are very specific about how people around the world are feeling because they use the word outrage. And you could clearly tell by the protests that have been happening across the United States and in other countries, that people are, are outraged. So when you think about feeling, you want to ask yourself, what might your audience be feeling right now? And how do you want them to feel? So you would consider words to describe you know, their pain or maybe their struggles. Also consider words, though, that evoke a sense of reassurance or urgency. So let's say you want your audience to kind of wake up like, yeah, I need to get that this is a problem, right? You may want to share some sort of startling or alarming statistic. So if you're speaking to a room full of parents and you're trying to get them to have, you know, conversations with their children about suicide, you may start with, listen, suicide is the second leading cause of death for, you know, teenagers age, I don't know, maybe 15 to 24. And that's a real stat. But you may start with that statistic because you want people to feel that this is really, really important. If you have a 15 to 24 year old person in your household, you need to understand this. I need to wake you up so that you understand this, this, the severity or the importance of this message. And then lastly, when you consider do, the do part of the no feel do, uh, technique. What's the call to action? What steps are you taking to resolve this conflict? What's the next step that you want them to take? So if we go back to Ben and Jerry's message, they were very clear. They went into first, we call upon, you know, President Trump. Second, we call upon Congress. Third, we support the family. And finally, so they really... (laughs) touched on not only the no feel do, but they also touched on the order of steps that needs to be taken. And we discussed that earlier. So, you know, ultimately, I hope that you can practice these ways of speaking up for yourself and structuring and organizing your message. And one of the things Um, that I firmly believe in is practice it to own it. 
right? Practice it in the mirror. Practice it using the speech to text feature on your phone. And all, another thing, you know, we, we have to understand that speaking up and owning our voice is not only something that's good for our careers, it's an act of self-care, people. So that's it for now, party people. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Shout out to everyone who's been sharing and sending me emails. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to cover, that you'd like me to cover, email me at hello at candiajohnson.com. And please share, comment, and rate this podcast. I will talk to you all soon. Have a good one.